We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. And we hear always about politics and fighting and things not getting done. We have the opposite of that today on the Rusk Report. We have a man who's a very quiet man, but a very strong leader who doesn't pat himself on the back. He just does his work, keeps his mouth shut, and takes care of his constituents as chairman of the Erie County Legislature, John J. Mills. He was just honored a week ago by the General Pulaski Association for his devotion to the Polish-American community as his mother's uh, maiden name was Dombrowski. To tell you a little bit more about John Mills, native of Western New York and Orchard Park, he graduated from Orchard Park High School and earned a degree in business administration from the University of Buffalo. He has spent his adult life in service to the region in general and Erie County in particular. A successful businessman, legislature chairman John Mills is president of J. Mills Distributing Company, a successful food distribution company that he founded in 76 with his wife, Barbara, our guest today on the Rusk Report, a great, quiet leader in western New York. Now, one thing that you've been working on, and we had Stefan Mahalyu on this show talking about, was to protect the taxpayers on waste at the Erie County Medical Center. There's a lot of concern about this financing deal for the emergency room and that it was not done properly. Let's talk about the ECMC Chairman John Mills. Well, thank you, Brian. And... Um you know, those uh, listeners out there, uh, the ECMC we're all familiar with was uh, Memorial Hospital before ECMC. And the hospital was uh, constructed in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. And uh, they came to us, the ECMC uh, uh, management, and asked to borrow $110 million of, uh, of monies to uh, renovate the uh, the building, all the infrastructure in the building, the uh, mechanical, all the air conditioning, rooms, heating systems that are over 40 years old. And they also wanted to put up a state-of-the-art emergency room um, at the hospital, which is really needed because they're state-of-the-art emergency hospital. When you have a traumatic injury, you go to the ECMC. So that made an awful lot of sense. Plus, it uh, made a lot of sense to uh, renovate the, the building. It was, it was time. So, um, Somehow, the county executive, Mark Polenkar, has got involved with a, uh, I guess I'll call it a scheme, to uh, allow, uh, to go forward the borrowing with the uh, uh, the uh, legislature uh, okaying it and uh, use part of that $110 million to uh, balance our, our budget, our four-year plan, uh, which we thought was inappropriate. It's really smoke and mirrors. What the county executive was saying was that the injured in care, which we have to uh, contribute to the taxpayers of Erie County, injured in care is people who, have, who are not insured who wind up at ECMC, and the federal government and state help to provide dollars for that, that care for these individuals. Uh, we have to provide upwards of $41 million sometimes uh, to the hospital. Uh, so Poland Cars was uh, negotiating with the powers to be at the hospital to uh, 
uh, give us a credit um, against the uh, payments that we have to make every year, roughly $20 million. And we thought that was inappropriate, and it was uh, just playing with the taxpayers' dollars uh, when those taxpayer dollars should be going to the ER and the hospital uh, for renovations. So we stuck to our guns, and uh, uh, lo and behold, we, uh, we managed at least to put the borrowing through the control board rather than the county because they had the lowest rate. But uh, uh, there was a lot of advertising by the administration at the hospital for the ER room. We, we all heard and heard many months of that. And it's ironic because all of a sudden... Uh, they needed it immediately, and it's been three months, uh, and we have bro- broken ground. We're supposed to break ground in May. So we seem to think that uh, they didn't do their homework at ECMC, the board, and the management, and did not um, do the appropriate applications necessary from the health department of the state of New York and the federal government to go forward with the project, the ER room. So we're waiting to hear what, what happens there. But under no circumstances are we going to allow uh, the county executive balanced the budget over the next four years with uh, credits from ECMC. So that's what happened there. It's a little tough to uh, explain because it's kind of what I call voodoo, voodoo uh, county, I should say. And uh, But we caught it, uh, unlike other legislatures over the past years that weren't watching those dollars as closely as we are. So we did catch them, and, uh, and we're waiting to see uh, uh, what transpires with the, uh, the leadership at ECMC. Well, you're going to make sure when funding is released that everything is done ethically, responsibly, and honestly, that there are going to be no games, that it's going to be straight to the taxpayer, what they're getting and how they're going to finance it so the taxpayer doesn't get hurt. Transparency is very important to our taxpayers every county. And, uh, and when our controller, Stephen Mahailu, is an, an expert in transparency, and he's brought a lot of these things to the forefront. So with his help... Uh, We've managed to uh, strike uh, some real positive things as far as financing and watching and being a watchdog. And legislature, you know, votes on the expenditures. So we're joined to the hip with Stefan, watching what goes on with the administration and all departments within the county, including uh, ECC, which uh, needs massive renovations, uh, our community college. We just hired a new president, by the way, and I was on that, that committee, but... Uh, we're watching the taxpayers' dollars, and we're running it like a business. I've always professed in in my uh, longevity here with the uh, county, 12 years I've been your legislator, and I've been chairman for the last four. I've managed to construct a business format for the legislature, which has been well accepted by the legislators on both sides of the aisle. And, and quite frankly, we run like a business. Um, we we start on time. We, we end appropriately. And uh, and we we look at the dollars and cents very closely, both sides of the aisle. So, uh, with uh, the leadership of uh, myself, Stefan Mahilo, and our finance and management uh, and majority leader Joe Larigo, we've got a pretty good team put together. You know, it's sort of interesting. At the county legislature, you do reach across the aisle. You seem to be getting along with the uh, other uh, political entity. Uh, you're a conservative Republican, but it seems like you have a working relationship with the Democrats. We don't see much of that in Albany. We certainly don't see it in Washington. How do you uh, extend the olive branch to get things done uh, constructively uh, to the betterment of the taxpayer? How do you do it um, with your personal dealings? Well, it's, it's, it's really not a big secret, Brian. It's just a matter of 
uh, when I came on the legislature, I was one of three Republicans, and we had 15 legislators, and I said to myself, well, you know, uh, I came in a bunch of new legislators. Let's get to know each other, and that's what I did for the past 12 years. And when I became chairman four years ago, I continued to reach across the aisle at people that I've worked with over the years and uh, gave them uh, opportunities to bring forth their resolutions because when I first came on the legislature, my resolutions never saw the light of day. Now, resolutions by both sides of the aisle see the light of day on a regular basis. So I think you've got to develop a rapport. And uh, like you mentioned, at the state and certainly our federal government, why can't we work together? I mean, if there's a good idea from a legislator, and maybe it's not my affiliation or my caucus, so what? I mean, it's a good idea. Let that idea go forward. And I think when you do things like that, you develop a rapport with all your legislators, not just uh, someone on the other side of the aisle. You bring that together, and you and you put forward things that, that make sense to the taxpayers. Because despite what, what our elected officials think about things, when I go door-to-door and meet my constituents, and I've done that for many years because I was a councilman in Orchard Park for 22 years, you know, people don't want to see their elected officials fighting. They want to see them working together and getting things done. That's what we're doing. We're the poster child for getting things done with the legislature, which is, you know, 6-5 uh, 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 in, in the legislature as far as uh, control. So your original question was how do we how do? We do it? That's kind of how we do it. We reach out and we – you've got to make sure that when you say something – and do something, you go through what you're going to say and do, because that's otherwise you lose credibility with that person, whether it be on my side of the aisle or the other side of the aisle, and that's why I managed to do. Sometimes it's a little tough because politics still squeezes its way in there on both sides of the aisle, and I've had to tell party chairmen, uh, hey, look at guys, we need to do it this way, and uh, are they happy all the time? Uh, most of the time they're happy with me, uh, but sometimes they'd like to see me fight a little bit, with uh, maybe the administration, and, and I've had my battles with the administration, mm-hmm. uh, but then it's when that nasty politics sneaks in there. And unfortunately, uh, with the present administration, it's more politics than it is getting the workload done. So, But the legislature is working together, and I think that's so important to the taxpayers of every county. Well, it's remarkable. I wish they would take lessons from it in Washington because they're so preoccupied with fighting. And um, again, uh, John J. Mills, as chairman of the legislature, was honored three times by the General Pulaski Association in Western New York. He was honored as a businessman, as an elected official, and then he was honored with an appreciation award for what he's done for the Pulaski Day Parade in funding, support, and enthusiasm. So he's a great role model in the Polish-American community in Western New York. Talking about Polish community, Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampol Legal is available in many Tops and Wegman stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. I'd like to thank those who have called regarding our recent guest, Count Joseph Mikolai Ray. 
James Nicholson, former U.S. Ambassador to the Vatican, and Erie County Republican Chair Nick Langworthy. Coming up, we'll have Erie County Sheriff Tim Howard and former U.S. Ambassador to Finland Earl Mack on the Rusk Report. A little more information about John J. Mills, Chairman of the Erie County Legislature. Talking about his business, it's much of a family operation. The business has been built with their three grown children and other close relatives into a very successful enterprise from which John gives back generously to the area with untold donations of food to a myriad of fundraising events and worthy causes throughout the region. He also serves as president of Quality Food Brokers, MJM Industries, and Florida's Finest Food Brokers. Let's talk a little bit about your acceptance speech with the board of directors. And by the way, I'd like to mention that two-thirds of the directors are not Republicans. They are Democrats, and they gave John Mills this appreciation award. And you talked about your mother and Polish food and culture and history and your upbringing. Uh, tell our audience, which one-third is Polish, uh, to the Rusk Report, uh, what this meant to you to get this award. It was very, very touching because, uh, you know, as a kid growing up, my, my mom was a, a Dombrowski and my dad obviously was a Mills, and uh, really strong uh, heritage uh, with with my mother's side of the family, being the Polish side. And I spent summers growing up with my grandfather lived in Orchard Park. We lived down on Maple Street for a mm-hmm. while. And the east side was a little different back then. But, oh, yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> I was involved. My grandmother used to take me to uh, 998 Broadway uh, and, uh, and the Settlers and, and certainly the Broadway Market. Um, as I got into business, I wound up uh, servicing the Broadway Market and still do some of the stands there. But, uh, you know, uh, it was it was always... Uh, pleasure to stay out, out at grandpa's place in orchard park and uh he, he'd be uh, you know he was the shot in the beer polish guy as we say uh smoked cigars mm-hmm. had male male pouch uh, chewing tobacco and i had a lot of i could never eat pig's feet for some reason but i certainly i've never been I crazy certainly, about it either <laughs> I, I, but i could eat, eat kishka i love kishka we have the kishka with the onions in the in the and the fried eggs, and it was something that uh, my grandmother always had toast and coffee, so I was drinking coffee when I was eight years old. So, uh, But it was a wonderful experience, <clears throat> and a lot of my, my grandmother's uh, sisters and cousins and that I was very involved with, and uh, I just uh, gravitated toward that side of the family because it's on my mother's side. My dad's side was uh, not as closely knit as my mom's side, but <clears throat> the Pol- Polish heritage is just a, just a wonderful thing. And uh, when I got on the legislature and I met you, Brian, <clears throat> I said to myself, you know, let's let's kick it up a little bit, and let's uh, let's be a little more uh, aggressive in how we or how I uh, uh, give out give things out to the Polish community because it's a strong community here in Western New York. Um, Chicago's got a, a, a kind of a strong community too. But here, these are my roots, so I, I, uh, I try to uh, make sure that wherever I can, uh, I do the Ampol Eagle almost every month. Uh, I, I certainly uh, donate things, and I, I certainly, uh, I think we came up with, uh, well, we're looking to come up with 20000 for the Pulaski Day Parade for next year. And John Mills will be an honorary Grand Marshal with the Secretary of State of Poland coming in, Anna Marie Anders, and actress Loretta Swit is coming, and John is going to march with them July 16th. It's a great parade, and, uh, you know, it's, I think the last two or three years I've been in it and enjoy it. 
Um, I just enjoy having celebrating my Polish heritage, and I think this is a, you know the way life is nowadays with the fast pace. Sometimes you don't get a chance to revisit the the roots you had when you were a young a young person. So uh, I really enjoy your your opportunity, Russ, to, to, uh, Brian, to uh, to take. Uh, and, and help me along that path. And I really appreciate it because you brought me back into my heritage. Well, we're honored, and hopefully maybe in five or ten years you may want to get out of politics. We hope to have you as a director of the General Pulaski Association. We had Ray Duja helped us for 15 years, but he passed away, and there was sort of a void. And when we learned of John Mills' Polish heritage, we embraced him, we honored him, and he's been so generous to the Polish-American community. We're very grateful to John Mills. He's a role model and a hero of the Polish people in Western New York. Let's talk about politics. And uh, Chris Collins is trying to reshape our Obamacare program and um, take away a lot of the mandates so we could have uh, a big property tax cut in upstate New York. Uh, I mean, I think he's talking about a 50 or 60 percent property tax cut in western New York, and uh, the governor is fighting him on this. How do you feel about Collins' proposal to cut property taxes in Erie County tremendously? Well, it's kind of why we sent Chris Collins, by the way, who is a businessman, uh, to Washington. And he's hooked up with uh, another um, a legislator fossil and they've sponsored the bill and that this bill would do for us with the new um, care act health care act would allow 200 million dollars of taxpayers dollars here in erie county to remain here rather than being sent to new york state where you know as well as i do brian they just spend 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 so 200 million dollars a year is a lot of money that would put our infrastructure, our roads, our bridges, our parks, uh, all that would, uh, in our infrastructure in general, would, would be on a repair every year of 51 to $60 million. Mm. Um, and we'd be a premier. It would take almost 10 years to do this, though. That's how far behind them. But we'd have brand-new infrastructure that last 50 to 60 years. We'd have fine roads. We'd have a, a way to orchestrate... <coughs> You know, Erie County and Western New York to the, not only the rest of the country, but the whole world, because we need a new convention center. Certainly, go long ways to get a new convention center, which brings back tax taxes, sales tax revenue, back to the residents of Erie County. So it's a win-win for us. Uh, the 200 million every year would help all those programs, and half of that we could send back to the taxpayers in Erie County and reduce the property tax. And some people say, well, you know, you got to keep a little money here, a little money there. Well, I have an idea called tax stabilization fund where we put X amount of dollars at $200 million into a tax stabilization fund. We did that in the town of Orchard Park mm -hmm. some years ago. And that can only be tapped when, uh, when a tax increase exceeds 3%. So that would always be there, earning interest, and that would be our little uh, safety, safety belt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's thinking out of the box. But, I mean, that's what we got to do in Erie County. we got to think out of the box. We have a wonderful place to, to tell the world about. We just have to have the infrastructure improved and, and smart So that, that's smart sort of financing. like a, um, uh, in a condominium uh, association, they have a reserve fund 
if there's a hurricane or a tornado. So basically, your tax stabilization fund is for when there are rainy days, when there's an emergency, you've got the money there so you don't have big hikes in taxes. That's correct. And you can't touch those dollars unless it's triggered by a 3% tax increase. If you have to initiate a 3% tax increase or more, those dollars are tapped to bring it back under the 3%. So it works very, very well. And what is the reception you're getting from the legislature on this idea? Um, you know, I think it's, it's a very positive, by I think all members. Uh, they're a little foreign to the idea because you got to remember a lot of legislators come up through the ranks uh, and it's a two-year term, so sometimes we get a little turnover, but they haven't been schooled properly at the lower ranks, and hardly any of them have served in local government. Right. Uh, which puts them at a big disadvantage. So, and, and a lot of them are not business from the business sector. So, you know, you got to kind of, I guess I'm old enough to be the dean over there and teach them a little thing about the business and about spending, uh, spending money infrastructure and having a tax stabilization fund. So, I, I think it's a very positive thing. I've never heard of it before on a local government uh, level. It sounds like you're looking 10 or 20 years ahead, uh, especially what you're talking about infrastructure with roads and bridges. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. If you're li- just tuned into the Rusk Report, we're talking with Erie County Legislature Chairman John Mills, a very popular man in the Polish American community. A little bit more information about John Mills. He was elected to the Erie County Legislature in 05, took office in 06. In 07, Chairman Mills was elected minority leader by his Republican caucus peers and currently holds that office. In 2009, 11, 13, and 15, he ran unopposed. He was elected to serve as chairman of the legislature in 14 after serving as minority leader for several years. He's the first Republican to hold the position in 36 years, and it's so uplifting to hear how he works with the opposing uh, party. Now, you talked about roads and bridges. It's a problem in Erie County. We've seen a lot of deterioration in the last 30 years. Let's talk about your plans to improve our roads and bridges in Erie County. Chairman John Mills. Well, Brian, first a little history uh, lesson on the infrastructure. Some years ago in the Gorski administration, we received what they call the tobacco settlement money. Yeah. It was at $256 million. Uh, those dollars should have gone someplace uh, into the infrastructure, and it didn't. And, <clears throat> and um, uh, where, John where did Ber- it go? Well, it went, it went in the piggy bank and, and it sat there. And then uh, Jamber took office, and he started giving it back uh, every year because he promised a tax reduction, property right. tax. I guess that's good. But you've got to take care of some of the taxpayers' assets. And, and, and I guess what elected officials have to understand is we're just caretakers of the taxpayers' assets, which are the buildings, the roads. Mm-hmm. They're owned by the taxpayers of Erie County. So it's a little history lesson. So that, that went, uh, that went the, the wrong way. So um, now we're trying to claw back out from under it. And it's a fact that 83% of the infrastructure in our country is failing. Terrible. And people look at me and say, that can't be. Well, it is. It's a fact. I don't care if you're talking about California. You're talking about New York. Wherever you're talking, 83%. That's sewer lines in the water, in the ground. That's the, your dams, your bridges. We have 900 dams in Erie County mm-hmm. that the county controls, you know, small ones and the larger ones. And a lot of them are flagged by the state of New York because they're dangerous. So we really have a big issue to address here. And what bothers me as a business person is that every time you neglect 
prevent a maintenance program like tiring the roads or tiring the cracks in the roads, and you allow that to deteriorate more. Now, instead of spending thousands of dollars, you're spending millions of dollars on something you should have been mm-hmm. pre- performing maintenance on. So, I mean, it's it's a it's really a simple system to understand. I mean, it's just like when I came in the legislature, and this is a true story. I, I came in the in, in the county hall, beautiful building, just gorgeous building county hall is and we put a lot of money into it uh over the last uh, 15 years um they did something a little different that that you wouldn't do in your home uh when your roof leaks um i think the first thing you do is you fix the roof well they did something a little different in county government they fixed the interior first they put new carpets down painted the walls it's a true story and then then they fixed the roof. Well, in the meantime, you know what happened. The water came in. It came in. We had to go back, redo the window casings. I mean, I was just, I mean. It sounds completely backwards. <laughs> you fix the roof first. Yeah, you do. We, we, I'm telling you, this is what really happened. And it's, I mean, today, it's, it's flabbergast me. Uh, I'd like to know where the commissioner of public works was. Um, probably sleeping somewhere. I'm not quite sure, but. Uh, it certainly was out of control. And, Terrible. And so, so I mean, we we've got to crawl back out of this hole we're in. We're going to get our infrastructures fixed up. That's why this two hundred million is so important. If we can get this these dollars, because every year that we don't fix a road and we don't fix a bridge, and we don't fix ECC community college buildings, it's going to cost more money in the future. Uh, we have a minute left, mm-hmm. and I know you're concerned about this. We have a lot of deaths of young people with the opioid crisis. Uh, you hear about high school, college students dying in their late teens, early 20s. Uh, how, how is that battle going, John Mills? Well, uh, we've uh, set aside an additional million dollars to help with that program. Uh, and that's, I hate to say, that's the easy part of it. The hard part is how to funnel those dollars in the right programs to try and stem the tide of what's happening. It's unbelievable. I, I get reports as chairman on deaths in Erie County, and it just, it's just very depressing. Terrible. And it's not just an inner city situation. It, it's in the suburbs. It's all over the place. And it's just uh, you see in the obituaries these young people dying. That's what they're about dying from. And we've got to find the key to it, and we've got to hook up with the federal and state government and all work together. And the district attorney uh, came out with a, uh, a situation where he's going to start charging uh, drug uh, distributors that are out there in the street selling drugs with second-degree murder. Well, it is murder. That's going to, but they haven't been charged with that. Now they're going to start charging with second-degree degree murder. So, it, it's a, it's not going away. Uh, we're trying to stem the tide. We've had some successes, but when you get into the weeds on this thing, Ryan, it's it's very complicated. I'm sorry we have to bring the Rusk Report to a close. Again, any thoughts or comments if you're listening in Orchard Park or Toronto or Washington, D.C., please write to us at ESPN Radio to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. And we always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. Special thanks to Kevin Carr, Director of Production for the last 15 years. And thank you for enlightening us, a great hero in the Polish community, Chairman of the Erie County Legislature, John J. Mills. Thank you for enlightening us. Have a great week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.